my long-term goal was to turn SLPs, OTs, and other PTs into podcast hosts because it's having a conversation that happens to be recorded and we're good at that with patients. Yeah, yeah. And why can't we be good at that with colleagues? It's just a little bit of a change when you're doing it with a camera or you're doing it with a microphone in the room. So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of The Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast. This is your host, Aaron LeBauer. And today, my special guest is Jimmy McKay. He's like the PT Pinecast podcast host. So um, it's been awesome to have him uh, as a friend in the last few years, even though like we're, I met him a few years ago and I was like, Jimmy's awesome. I got to get him on the show at some point. And today is the day that happens. So Jimmy, thank you so much for being here on the show. I'm excited. Yes. Let's do this. Yeah. Oh, thanks for the, uh, the uh, audio. La- do you have a laugh track over there too? I got laugh tracks. What do you need? I got, yeah. I've got <laughs> awesome. Yeah. This is, the way, this is the way we keep ourselves motivated because as we're talking now and recording, you know, July, 2020 social interaction and everything, we we're talking about this before we hit record. Like it's, it's like, you know, it's at an all time low and for people like me and probably yourself and a lot of people listening, uh, if you're interacting with people less, like you need just something, even if it's artificial, even if you know to pump you up, even if it's fake piped in crowd noise, right. like the professional sports are using, I need that. So yeah. I've always got my hotkeys ready, ready to go. Dude, that's <laughs> awesome. Is there a certain program you use? Because when at PT BizCon, I, after I was doing it, I realized I need like a, a clap track and all that stuff. Is there like yeah, a- Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple different um, apps. I use a Rodecaster Pro. So this is like a specific okay. piece of, that's hardware, but you can do yeah. software. There's iPad, um, Rogue Amoeba is the name of a company uh-huh. um, that puts out a bunch of diff- just really cool apps that's oh, specifically yeah, yeah. for audio. So they've got one, Farago is what it's called. That's a good one. Okay, V-I-R-G-A-O? Uh, F-A-R-R-A-G-O, Farago. Oh, far. Yeah, I'm probably pronouncing it right. And good luck spelling amoeba. It took me like four tries. When someone's like, check out rogue amoeba. I'm like, rogue, I don't know. And then Google somehow, of course, Google knows everything. Yeah, I've... I've used some of Rogue Amoeba's stuff in the past because they've been around for 20 years. And yeah, then there was a Amoeba Records in um, San Francisco. Yep. So, you know, yes. I got the Amoeba thing going. Um, well, dude, uh, it's been a few years. Last saw you, I think at like PPS in, Ve- in uh, New Orleans or something like that. Yeah. Um, can you just introduce yourself? Like, uh, my. What I think is so amazing is that I know that you came out of PT school and you didn't just go get a job. You came out and you started a podcast and you started uh, sharing information and disseminating other people's information um, through radio or podcasts. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us a little bit like, how'd you, what were you doing before PT school and why'd you go back to PT school? It's a great question. My parents ask me this all the time. So yeah, so I was a full-time radio DJ uh, for 15 years. I, you know, I worked for my hometown radio station after I went to, I went to school, got a degree in journalism, mass communication. It's all I wanted to do since I was in sixth grade. I was like, I want to be on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that, went to school, did some internships with some big radio stations, a couple in New York city. Um, one with a radio station called WXRK. It was called K rock and Howard Stern was the morning guy for the last, for my year. I was the intern was his last yeah. summer before he flipped over to, to, uh, to uh, satellite radio. And then 
went out and got a job at my hometown radio station, like literally on the radio station that I listened to Nirvana for the first time on. I was like 12 years old. I remember like, you know, Nevermind came out and this was like this alternative, the Hudson Valley's new rock alternative. I was like, I don't even know what that means, but I like it because it sounds angry. Right. And uh, wound up working for my hometown radio station after graduating from, uh, from undergrad. Worked there for two or three years. I, I wound up not only on the air, but in radio, you're always wearing a couple different hats, just like a clinic. You're not just a clinic manager. You're also treating a clinician a lot of times. So I was on the air, but I was also music director. And with that, that's just kind of like your second in command, really, your second, second uh, behind the program director. And uh, worked there for a number of years and, you know, always wanted a little more. So moved uh, about an hour and a half away to Northeast Pennsylvania and got to uh, be the music director again at a bigger station. And then a couple years later, that program director, my boss, moved on. And then I got to slide into the big chair and I got to run my own radio station. And the reason I kind of go really specific through my career in radio is that's all I wanted to do. I was like, dude, I'm done. This is where I want to be. I don't want to go any higher than program director because typically you come off the air if you, you put a suit on. And I didn't want that. I wanted to be real close. And I did that for about, my whole radio career was about 15 years, but I was a program director for close to nine at 97.9X, rock station, went to, went to work with cargo shorts and a Guns N' Roses t-shirt, slid in around the crack of noon. I was an afternoon drive jock, so, yeah. you know, a little bit of talk show, but a lot of, like, just playing music loud and taking funny phone calls and giving away beer and CDs and concert tickets. <laughs> and and uh, so it was the life. So the reason I start my story by really painting a picture about radio is that's really what it was like. I mean, it's a, it's a hustle, but that's what it was like, and I loved it until one day. Here comes that twist in the story. Yeah. I just started loving it a little bit less. There was no like traumatic moment. There was no giant change, but I'll tell you the thing I'm holding right now that you've got in your pocket or two feet away from you at any time, which is a cell phone. It started to make me think. And I remember being the, you know, the younger, the youngest program director in the room at these big meetings for the company that I worked for. We had radio stations across the country. And I keep, I kept saying like, I don't know, this cell phone thing feels like it's going to be a thing. And this is flip phone time, but I'm like, these guys figured out flip phones. Like there's some cooler stuff coming in five, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Little did I know it's going to be even faster, you know, iPhones in a couple of years and radio wasn't pivoting. And I also was just watching the audience be fragmented, right? When I, when we were growing up, there was like three to four channels. So I was a two, four and seven PBS. And now there's like 50 million TV channels right. and you can get Pandora and Spotify and iTunes, this whole iTunes thing blew our minds. And I'm just watching radio not pivot and it's making me nervous. And I look back and I'm like, man, I'm, I worked my whole life to get here. I don't see a future in this. Yeah. About what year was this? Uh, I left radio in 11. Okay. So this is, the, the, my, my stomach turning is probably 08. Uh-huh. And okay. uh, so I, uh, I quickly like was like, what am I going to do? I, I'm going to leave. And uh, I started to go, I, I have one third of an MBA. I don't want to brag here, Aaron, but I went through <laughs> the first year of, uh, of getting my MBA and I didn't love it. Yeah. And I took some good advice, which is I probably would have been like, well, I got to hammer through and do two more years. But I didn't because I was like, I don't even love it now. Uh, took the else I was took an LSAT prep course for like a month. And then I was like, how can I get my money back? I have no idea what's going on here. I was just, I was just kind of shopping. Right. And then I was training for my first Ironman triathlon and I was cycling with a bunch of goons out at this uh, Harvey's Lake in, in Northeast Pennsylvania. They just meet up a couple nights a week and just go pedal through the hills of, of, uh, of Pennsylvania. And I just, I loved it. But what, I, what I really learned there was there was this one guy, kind of the crusty old guy, and after a ride, we'd be sitting around eating pizza and drinking beers and people would be like, you know, hey, my hip or my knee or my ankle, or my back. And he'd literally just kind of 
inhale and be ask one or two really skilled questions and be like, tell me about this. How about that? What if you did this? And watching their posture, the people that were asking him change from kind of looking like they were in pain to almost like they've stood taller. And when they walked away from him, I was like, man, he didn't even touch them. What did you do? And I was like, man, what do you do? And he's, I'm a physical therapist. So I was like, man, that seems cool. And I thought the, the parallels between communications and, and uh, physical therapy, which we can get into, but th- even there, I was like, that's cool. Like a cool interaction one-on-one where in radio, I'm one-on-many and I don't, I'm in a studio alone, mm-hmm. which is ironic. If you think about it, you take people, people, and you put them in a studio alone. Uh, the good thing for me is we had, you know, fo- a phone line so I could get people calling in and interacting with them. But I was kind of drawn to this. Ooh, look what he just did there. So yeah. uh, some, a couple steps there, but started taking my, my prereqs because I mean, I was a journalism major. I didn't, my, all my prereqs were like, none of those things were transferring. <laughs> and so I was, I was taking anatomy, biology, chemistry, um, all that stuff while I was in the studio. Actually, a funny story is a band Shinedown. Remember Shinedown? They had a couple hits back in the early 2000s, a couple rock hits. Yeah, and I might be too old for them. Might be too old. <laughs> they, they were in the studio and I had been come friendly with the band whenever they came through town. They came on in, just, you know, shot the, shot the breeze and, and, yeah. and played a few songs. And uh, I had like a physics book in the studio and Brent was like, like ribbing me on air. He's like, what's the deal with the physics book? And I hadn't told anybody that I was leaving yet or looking to leave. So I was like trying to cover the book with some power. Like, Oh, that's just a doorstop. It's just a big book. I don't read that. I'm not smart enough. Um, so yeah, went through, went through my prereqs, uh, lucked, lucked out, got into PT school and that's it, man. I was gonna take my headphones off, put my microwave phone away forever and be done. Um, and then halfway through PT school, as you alluded in the, uh, the intro was, I went to a conference and I'm in a room full of like a thousand people, you know, it was, it was like a, I don't think it was next I think It was like a North Carolina state conference or something mm-hmm. like that. And there's a thousand people in the room and I'm in the audience and I'm just listening to whoever's waxing on and I'm liking everything they're saying, but I'm not getting everything they're saying. Cause I'm only a second year student. Yep. Fast forward two hours later, we're at the networking hour, happy hour. And there's the, there's the guy and there's the girl, there's the pair that was on stage a few hours ago. And I'm like, Hey man, I paid 200 bucks to be here. Like I'm going to freaking learn something before I leave. Mm-hmm. So I marched on up there with a beer in hand. Hi, I'm Jimmy, a PT student. And I didn't understand your presentation, which in hindsight, not the smartest way to introduce yourself, but they saw through it. They understood what I was saying. Yeah. 15, 15 minutes later, I understood everything they were talking about. And, and the light bulb moment for me here was we were having a conversation. It was no longer a presentation. And I understood everything, no matter if I was a PT student or I could have been a, a patient of PT because they changed their delivery method to match the audience. Right. I think a major problem sometimes in conferences is, you know, you see someone who's super smart at CSM and why aren't they coming across? It's because they're doing, they're becoming a photocopy of a photocopy. Mm-hmm. I need to be a presenter right now. I need to be very bland and vanilla when I don't think that's true. So went back home podcasting, this is 2015, man. Podcasting was still this weird thing. You had to like explain to people what it was. Now I think it's kind of hitting that point where it's like, yeah, yeah, I listen to every, you know, the average person listens to five podcasts or whatever, but um, launched a podcast with six episodes to just enter a scholarship contest as a student. Which contest was this? It was um, Next Gen Physical Therapy. They have like online courses and Uh and a residency. And I saw them, you know, tripped across it on Facebook and I already had the idea for the podcast, but this was like, the prompt was, how can you as a student change the future of physical therapy? What's something you could do? And I saw some of the submissions. It was like, I wanted to create a website and I want to, you know, it was a lot of like repositories of information, a lot of exactly what I was talking about, presentation format. And I was supposed to write a thousand words 
about what I wanted to do. And I sat down to write and I couldn't because I, I don't love <laughs> writing. So I literally, I created a cart, one of those cartoon explainer videos, mm-hmm. like those Powtoons was the name of the brand. I made a Powtoon about how I was going to make this podcast. And I did the voiceovers my, myself and I did funny voices for everybody. And I was like, I'm just going to interview super smart people who are passionate about physical therapy over a beer. And to be honest, it was a $15,000 residency scholarship was first prize. Second prize is a Fitbit. I was yeah. honestly gunning for the Fitbit because <laughs> it was my mom's birthday coming up and I had no cash. So right. I was like, man, I need to make this good, but I don't want to win the whole thing because I yeah. want the Fitbit. How did um, it turn out? I won the whole thing and we were joking nice. about it. I made an episode about it and I was, I told them that story and then wouldn't you know it, man, two days later, a Fitbit showed up. So mom still got the present on, uh, on top of that. So that's awesome. Um, Saw a good reaction. We launched the podcast. And honestly, I was just kind of like flinging out into the ether, which is what you do with anything, a blog, you know, a, a, a Facebook group. You just kind of fling it out and you see what, what catches. And it did. We, we had some decent early success by accident. I'd love to say I was strategic about it, but I was the opposite of strategic. Yeah, we had about 10,000 downloads the first month. And that, again, this is 2015 when like you couldn't rub two podcasts together. You just didn't know who they were. Right. And how did you, how did you do that? Was it just the student network? Because... I was Twitter, a little smart. Was so the, yeah. I, I wasn't completely unstrategic. I think out of the first six people I interviewed, five had either a podcast or, or a large social media following. Right, right. So I knew that they would share it as most good podcast guests as I will share mm-hmm. this information on my network would. Um, so that kind of helped. And then, yeah, I think really the, the, the network, the, the tight knitness, whether we argue at each other or love or hate each other in terms of PT Twitter or Facebook groups or whatever. Yeah. We like each other most of the time in terms of a PT profession. Yeah. I think people just said, Hey, this is different. This is weird. Right. What's this guy doing over here with like, you know, like uh, yeah. sound effects and, and goofy radio things. I thought it was and, awesome. I was like, hell yeah. More students need to step up and, and change things. Cause as a student, I was basically told to, you know, toe the line and, you know, don't speak up. I was actually told, I will not say who it was. I was told by a faculty member not to do it. Yeah. I was also told by my chair and my advisor to do it. So good thing I had that person in my corner because, yeah, I think a lot of students are told. I heard a great quote because I went into pediatrics when I graduated from PT school for uh, for about a year. And I heard a great quote that still resonates with me today. It's like for the first half, for the first year of a child's life, we try to teach them to... uh, uh, stand up and talk. And for the rest of a child's life, a lot of times we te- we want them to be quiet and sit down. And I was like, right. Oh my God, you're right. Like how many times are you just like, Shh, just sit there and listen. But the whole first year, Hey, come on, interact, interact. And then just, there, there, there comes some tipping point where it's like, just don't be, don't be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. And I see that a lot. As you bring that up, I've seen other students say the exact same sentiment in terms of like, dial it down. Just, just be for a while. Right. Right. No, it's, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And, um, and not surprising because I've had this, you know, my fair share of people telling me what I'm doing is trying to do is like crazy or whatnot. But, um, when you, when you, so you put together your podcast, six episodes and when did you decide to start recording more? Like, was it like after the, after you won or right away or, you know, what? Yeah. Um, I think it was, I think I, you know, I, I released one a week and I called it like the six pack. I was being all hokey and whatever, but you know, cause I was doing it over a beer. I think it was after like the second or third when people were like chiming in, I was like, Oh my gosh, like I stepped out and like, you know, people were super nice about it. They were like, this is great. And uh, I was just excited. Cause I was like, Hey, I'm, I understand why people are listening. 
it's because of the guests. Like, oh, the guest right. is always, the audience is always in mind. The audience is always the boss. And, and they were going, hey, this is cool. Who else are you going to talk to? And I was like, I, I was kind of just going to do six. And that was going to be the cool, funny thing. And, and then I realized I was having fun and learning something with yeah, each yeah. episode. So why not keep going? So yeah, that was yeah. 2015. And we're, I think like as today, as we record today, we're at like episode like 750. I stopped wow, counting wow. at some point just because I was bad at, you know, counting um, yeah. and organization. But yeah, we're past 750. Holy cow. Congratulations, man. I'm Thank only you. at like one, I'm in the upper one eight, I mean like 180 or something like that. I haven't hit 200, but. That's a lot though. Like I think the average podcast goes nine episodes, like stops at nine episodes or less or something like that. The last time I read that stat, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah. I started mine as a web show right around the same time, 2014, 2015. I started doing webinars because I was like, you know, like you, I was like, well, I want to write a book. I was like, I'm not really good at that. I'm better at, you know, drawing pictures, but my art stinks. I'm really good on video. So I started doing videos. And when I launched the podcast, I had 43 episodes to launch with because I'd done them all Boom. As live videos. So Boom. Yeah. See, like what you just said there was like you recognize, which is why I, if you want a formula for success, mm -hmm. like there isn't one, but they're kind of like, there, there's got to be elements to it, which is like, what do you, like, do you have something good to say? If the answer is yes, okay next step, what's the best way to, sh to share it? Like people come to me and they're like, I want to launch a podcast. And then I wind up talking them out of it. Well, not talking them out of it, but I, t I talk them through it right. until they're like, oh, I actually don't want to share information that way. Right. But typically they will wind up talking themselves into the way they want to share it. And then I'm like, I don't want you to start a podcast just because I think it's the niche thing to do. I also don't want you not to start a podcast like for competition wise. Someone was like, do you talk people out of it for competition? I'm like, no. The more great podcasts there are, the more proof of concept of the medium. I think we're past that. I think we're into it's, it's, a, it's a legit way to share information. Um, but I don't want you to get into it and then hate it and then say podcasting sucks, which is a similar yeah. to physical therapy. If you get into it and it's whatever you're doing is wrong, either you got a, a bad clinician, you're not following through, whatever it might be, and you go, physical therapy doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So don't blame the intervention. It's like it probably wasn't a good fit or you didn't, or you didn't follow through. You didn't have time. There's other, there's other elements to it. Right. And even sometimes the way we learn is not the best medium in which we can convey our information. Bingo. Yes. hundred percent. People be like, I'm like, yeah. I'm very visual, but I have no graphic design skills whatsoever, but I love like, like just doodling Venn diagrams or whatever, but no one would ever want to see my Venn diagrams except for me. Cause they wouldn't understand what the hell is going on. But yes. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, I don't know if you like, I remember you said you were a DJ. I didn't actually know you were a real DJ. Right, right. <laughs> I was a DJ for two years at, in college at WXDU where all we did was play records and barely spoke. You know, we do a station ID nice. and you know, we created our, um, we would create creative station IDs on our like two track, like what is yeah. the eight track thing is two tracks. And we would do that kind of stuff. And I did that for a while back when there was no digital radio. Real to real, man. So I came in just at the tail end of real to real. So I can, mm -hmm. I've edited tape. I've cut my fingers on razor blades and stuff like yeah. that with, uh, if you have no idea what cutting tape means, you're wondering why I'm holding a razor blade. You, when you edit, like it used to be an actual razor blade. So yeah, so I was, I was actually the program director for 88.3 WSBU St. Bonaventure. And we nice. used to do the same thing. And that was my role at the radio station college. And that was like one of my feet in the door, which was, I was like, I'm to get a job in radio after, after school. I'm like, I know how to do a little bit about everything. I am not the best at anything, but I can do a little bit of everything. So that's why I really, I try to make my, my podcast sound like a radio show because I don't think I could do it any other way right. where I've got those things just as you're talking about. 
This is the PT Pinecast. Like, you know, stutter, 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 cool voice, whatever. Like, that's how I put my foot in the door and was able to do it. I was like, I'll, I'll do promos, commercials. And that's like the, bo- that's what they give you, like the bottom of the barrel when you start in radio. It's like, right. here, go, go record these bunch of commercials that we just need done. Here's a bucket of tape. Go record on it. So yeah, so when I say DJ, a lot of people are like, oh, like a, like a bowling alley DJ or a wedding DJ. I'm like, ah, right. oh, radio broadcaster, I guess I should say, to be more accurate. Yeah, well, the thing that disappoints me nowadays is that when people still call themselves DJs, but they don't have records. Do you have an opinion on right. records versus playing music off your iPad, which is yeah. more like playing, making a playlist rather than DJ? Right. Well, to be honest, like most, most of the radio, by the time I got in there, I should say in the beginning, we literally were using CDs anyway. Yeah. So we had three CD players, one, two, and three, and you literally had to jockey them. You had to make sure you were hitting, you know, throw the little sound effecty thing or whatever, and then make sure that the next CD or whatever started in time. You actually rode the board, which is like bringing up those levels, mm-hmm. fading in and fading out. And then, yeah, like you alluded to now, yeah. Things are loaded into MP3, um, you know, on, on most radio stations and they're fading in and fading out automatically. I tell people all the yeah, time, yeah. like I could have dropped dead in the radio studio. No one would have noted because no one would have noticed because the, the songs would have kept playing. But right. um, yeah, there was a little something to it about really knowing the music in terms of like, I, like I, so hitting the post, right? Yeah. So hitting the post is a term when one song starts and the music starts and then the radio DJ can ca- talk over that intro up until the lead singer starts singing the first mm-hmm. note. So hitting the post is when you're like talking, you're like, Hey, coming up, we're giving away a, you know, a Toyota to sell coming out down the street. We're going to Steve's Toyota. Be there at five o'clock here on 97, nine X. And when you hit the X, that's when like Zach Roche comes in on like the, the rage song or whatever singing. And you're like, how did he do that? And like, there's a timer yeah. on the computer that actually counts down until zero. And you know, nice. when it says zero, shut up. Yeah. Um, but there was something about it when you were doing it on CDs, you had to memorize that stuff. Right. And you kind of just heard it. You knew it. And you're like, I got five seconds. Okay, better wrap it up, wrap it up. So there was a little bit of an art to it. Yeah. Yeah. We had to take the record and you'd have to find the spot which the music started, back it up three quarters so that when you press start, it wouldn't start slow. It had come have time to come up to speed. Wow. But, that's um, real. I, see, I wasn't there for that. I was on reel to reel, but that was just commercials. Yeah. yeah that, that was legit. Yeah. That was in 90, uh, 93, 94, 95 ish. Right wow. There, that's legit. So, um, well, man, so you went to PT school. Like, yeah. like, was your expectation just to get out and go get a job? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, running through PT school, I was like, yeah. I just want to work with people. And then yeah. the podcast thing was, again, just like a, a goof still. Um, what changed and when? I still felt like a misfit in PT school. Like everybody was so sure I'm going to be an orthopedic physical therapist. I'm going to work with these patients and this. And I was just kind of like, I don't know. I kind of like everything, but I don't love anything. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I actually walked into my chair's office and I was like, I think I'm done. Like I don't, I went on one rotation with a large physical therapy chain, a lot of locations across the country. And I was there for like six, seven weeks. And I was like, this sucks. Like I do not lie. hate everything about this. And I was like, if this is what I'm going to school for, like how much money can I save if I punch out now? And she was like, not every place is like this. So this is a good, you know, my, my professor, of course, spinning it in the right way. And, it, and, and she was right. She's like, if you now know what you don't want, that's not, the, that's not the only option. So I was like, okay. But when you're there and you're a student, you're in panic mode. You're like, this sucks. If this is what my expectations are like, I don't want to be here. So I panicked a few times and didn't know where I wanted to land. Um, the whole time I was still doing stuff at, you know, conferences. You talk about us like crossing paths at PPS and everything. I've been to essentially like every 
major PT conference like twice already. And I loved it. I love that. But of course, a lot of people love conferences, right? Because what's not to love? It's a bunch of energy, a bunch of learning, a bunch of people, a bunch of fun, a bunch of beers. Um, but I really did love this weird intersection of communications and PT. And I did. I saw a gap. I saw this, I saw this thing of physical therapists are so good at what we're good at. And it's, that's such a wide array of things, such a variety of things. And I was like, and I used to say that PTs were bad at communicating. And I've amended my statement. That's, that was incorrect of me. What I mean, what I meant though, is we don't think to do that first or earlier in the first five things in terms of, we want to tell you instead of show you. Right. And as a communications guy, I'm like, we got to show and tell at the same time. We don't get any buy-in. No one wants to listen to our radio show if it's boring. And uh, I saw a lot of people who were, I considered very, very smart. They were on the one yard line and they just wouldn't hand it off to Marshawn Lynch. I'm like, beast mode, just punch it in the end, line, end zone. And they were like, but I don't know how to do that. And I'm like, oh gosh, like this thing that I considered pretty basic, but that I did for 15 years. Right. I was like, I could help. I would love to help you with this. So I helped state chapters and, 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 you know, helped out with, uh, with, with clinics and stuff like that. I was like, well, this is kind of cool. I'm still in it. I still need to know the lingo. So I need to know why and what they're doing. So I was doing that for about two years. I was working on an orthopedic clinic for a year. And then as I mentioned, I was working as a peds PT for a year at an out, at an outpatient clinic. But the whole time I was still doing this weird communications thing. And then I, that was one moment I was like, I think I want to do this full time, but like there isn't but anybody doing this full time. So I don't even know who to ask or who to ask permission for me to allow to be, do this or where do I go? And that was just a thought process. I was like, shoot, I'm going to jump. I don't know which direction, but I'm going to jump. Yeah. So would you quit your job? Um, yes. I mean, I, I've sent out, uh, I sent out a few, I, I shouldn't, I mean, not even resumes, but what yeah. I did was I wrote a job description. And I was like, I need to, I need to design the job first. Cause if I just say, Hey, hire me. Cause I'm great. Like right. that doesn't say anything. So I was like, okay, like flip it in the mind of, uh, what would a communicator do? Your communicator, Jimmy, step it up. So I wrote a job description and I think it was like titled like eight things I like to do and do well and, uh, that you need. And, uh, I listed like eight things that I think I could do at, and these were, I said it to only two large physical therapy practices. Mm -hmm. One was about 15 clinics in New York city. And the other uh, was about 2,000 clinicians at that time in like 15 different states. Wow. And I literally, I didn't go to HR. I didn't go to communications. I didn't go to, what? Well, I went right to the CEO and I went right in their inbox. I figured out both CEOs email just by going online and seeing whatever, how the combination of every, okay, first dot last, da, 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 got it. Yeah. Sent it to the two CEOs and got phone calls within a, like a day or two about, wow. and both of them were the same. Like, we don't, I don't really know what you're, we don't have an opening for this, but this sounds interesting. So come in and talk. And uh, one of those uh, organizations was who I get to work for now, yeah. uh, which is Fox Rehabilitation. And I do this weird combo of communications for a large PT clinic. And I like it. It's fun. Yeah. What does that mean, communications for a PT clinic? Good question. So um, on that list of eight things I like to do and do well, which I should find that damn job description somewhere on my hard drive. But it was, uh, you know, Hey, uh, podcasting is a great medium for getting people to listen. And I, I, I've seen on your website and your social media that hiring clinicians is, looks like it's one of your biggest needs versus, right. versus patients, uh, finding patients because Fox works mainly with older adults. So we have a, a lot of older adults in this country, which is fantastic. We let's get some more PTs working with them. So those older adults can do what they might've once thought impossible. So I was like, it looks like hiring. And so it's like an evaluation. I was like, it looks like hiring is an issue. Is that true? Like I was, you know, motivationally interviewing them along and they were like, yup. And I'm like, 
you know, I see you guys do some stuff on video, but what about like live video and interacting or da da da? So I, I kind of went through an evaluation of like, tell me what your pain, if I could make three things disappear that are painful for you in terms of communications, what would they be? And I was like, okay, so I know how to do those things. You know, I'm not just, you know, and I have experience in doing those things. And uh, they literally hired me and they were like, yes, come work with us. And I was like, cool, when do I start? Like, I'll start right now. And they're like, like you know, next week, come in. And I literally sat with like my marketing counterpart um, and he's like, what job description do they give you? And like literally on my like offer letter, it was blank. And he's like, just write anything. And I'm like, and I was like, going to be funny, like ambassador of fun or like right. something goofy. But I, he was like, you might want to be, you might want to play it safe on this one. And I was like, all right. So I wanted, he, he was the director of marketing. And I was like, and a lot of times those things, their Venn diagrams cross a lot. But I was like, I really, my degree is in communications and physical therapy. So I'll just put director of communications, Jimmy McKay, DPT. And that's kind of what it is now. That's awesome. So you do a couple things. Right? You were saying before the show, like you run a podcast for them. For Three. The clinic. Three podcasts. Three different for ones. Yeah. Wow. So, and here's why. First, they were just like, let's just do one. And I'm no, I, I don't know when to quit. So I was like, no, here it's three. And here's why, because it's a recruiting focus. I host Foxcast PT, Foxcast mm -hmm. OT, Foxcast SLP, mm -hmm. because PTs and OTs are similar, but we're not brothers and sisters. We're cousins. Right. Right. So we have enough similarities where like, okay, we can get together and be, and be friends, but like we talk about different stuff. So there needs to be a dividing line between those three. And then when you look further down the spectrum at SLP, those people talk, they're, t they're just looking and, and thinking differently. And I was like, they need to have their own conversations on their own channels or it'll just be too much of a mishmash. It won't be about me, the audience. You're just kind of lumping us together. Yeah. So they agreed and we do three pod, three different shows. So do you just produce the podcast and their other hosts or, you know, a little mix. Mostly I, mostly I host them, mm -hmm. but I am, as, as you mentioned, I am a giant proponent and part of my, my gig in radio as a program director, when I ran the radio station was helping on air DJs level their game up or, yeah, you know, yeah. progress. So I would spend a lot of time listening to shows with, a radio DJ, they bring in a cassette tape and I would just literally just fast forward to a random moment and hit play and we'd sit there. And you want to talk about the most uncomfortable, you know, 30 minutes of your week is when you're, you and your boss are sitting there listening to you talk and he's not making, he or she is not making any like facial expression. And that's what I had to do. I got to do as a boss was sit there and listen, but really it was a, just a great cathartic. It'd be like yeah. similar to like your boss looking over your shoulder during a treatment session or watching a video of it. It's like weird. Um, but so, so what my long-term goal was to turn SLPs, OTs, and other PTs into podcast hosts because it's having a conversation that happens to be recorded and we're good at that with patients. Yeah, yeah. And why can't we be good at that with colleagues? It's just a little bit of a change when you're doing it with a camera or you're doing it with a microphone in the room. It takes some reps, but it's nothing that's impossible. Right. So the end goal for these podcasts is really recruiting tool for the business. Yeah. So it's, it's like, there's a five second message in the front and a five second message in the back, but the whole, the chunk of the, uh, of the podcast is just Content. talking clinical information. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's yeah. not even talking about why you should come work for us. Cause that's a commercial. It's right. literally giving away great clinical information. And then we leave them to the website. Like, Hey, we put together a great 10 step download guide on this and here, drop your email in there for information. And if you'd like to find out more about Fox and working with us, if this sounds like a place you'd like to then do it. So it's the ultimate soft sell, which is fun. Cause I don't have to like, beg people to want to work here right. because if you hear about us enough and you're the right fit, you'll gravitate. And if not, that's okay. You won't. Yeah. But no one's going to listen to a podcast trying to get me to work there either. No, but like, <laughs> that's a great question. Like, well then how do you do that? It's like, well, I, I literally turned to the 2000 clinicians that we have and I go, mm -hmm. what, what are you passionate about? 
what did, right. what is what are we what is what is the profession that you're in not talking about enough or what have you experienced we'll talk about case studies and clinical case studies and mm-hmm. stuff like that so it really is like PT talk or OT talk right, or SLP right. talk. It's just what, what would two clinicians talk about? And hey, teach me something. And they might be five minutes. It might be 55 minute long episodes. If it's still good information, I keep the tape rolling. Cool. So you just kind of, are you like basically interviewing people who work there and just talking about clinical conversations? Yeah. And, and and it's not only Fox clinicians. I should say that. There, I try to make sure I elevate my, you know, my colleagues because it's our right. show. And I do like to, to show off people that I think are great, but it's, it's anybody really. So it's anybody really. We focus on the older adult space. Right. So it might be professors, it might be people from AOTA or ASHA or APTA. Mm-hmm. So really, I mean, the only rule is like older adult focused or the audience right. of the older adult clinician in mind. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, and then PT Pinecast is a little bit different. Yeah. It's, you know, and number one, like I want to say it's PT Pinecast. So you're always uh, introducing the beers you're drinking. So I do that. Yeah, I'm doing a uh, just a uh, Yingling prior to Pottsville, yeah. Pennsylvania today as we, uh, as we drink on the show. I like to say, and I figured it out. Have you ever read... Um, uh, Building the Story Brand by Donald Miller. Is that something? It feels like something. No, you I've heard, heard of it, but I have not read it. You dig it, just because a lot of things that I see you do. Yeah. He he's just putting words to the things that you're already doing. So you and you and he are kind of in alignment without you knowing it. So I created a log line, which is like one sentence to describe a movie, right? Like a fighter pilot overcomes his friend's death to uh, return to battle and you know shoot down MIGs. Like that's Top Gun. You know you got to explain it one sentence. So um, I tell people it's a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories in the world of physical therapy. My mom was actually funny enough. She's like, you're trying to be like the Jimmy Fallon of physical therapy. I was like, ooh, I'm going to use that. But yeah, I just, I try to be the, you know, Jimmy Fallon's really a catalyst Mm -hmm. for a lot of great conversations or goofy games or whatever. And he has no problem making fun of himself or or being the person in the room is like, I don't understand that. Like explain more. And uh, that's what I think this uh, profession or any of these professions need is just like just permission and and a stage to put great clinical knowledge on and other clinicians will find it. Dude, that's awesome. But so PT Pinecast isn't just like your hobby or side, like side, it's a big deal for you. It's like a business and you're like, actually take it seriously. I do. Uh, in, through PT school, I was doing about two episodes a week. And now that, you know, after graduation, I kept that up. Now we're at like, I don't even know, three or four uh, yeah, a yeah. week, uh, sometimes sometimes even more. And we'll try to spread them out. But yeah, I, I, I had people approach us uh, to, to advertise as early as, as, as a third year PT student. They're like, hey, you know, we spend a lot. If you want to get nitty gritty business, which obviously PT biz, like, right, like yeah. we, can, we can get into cat, you know. So if you build a large enough audience, if you're CBS, Mm-hmm. You can say, hey, we're going to put programming on, but then we're going to put some ads in between whatever game or show we're running. Um, right. So you can do that. So, I mean, I started looking at, to, to look at, hey, is there like a monetization? Because again, this is 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't a thing. Um, for the regular people, like for the Joe Rogans of the world, that was just right. easy. But I looked around the expo hall at like a CSM and I was like, man, what do you think those, what do you think those 10 by 10 spaces cost? And I looked it up. And like, what? what do you think one of those, yeah, what do you think those displays cost? Like to make one of those backdrops and tables and make it look good, like a lot. How much is it to make brochures and ship them there and send people and feed them and house them? I was like, oh man. Dude, everyone the internet is, for those spaces can blow you out of the water. If you want electricity, you got to pay more. If you want a chair, a garbage can. So I was like, man, these organizations are spending a lot. And then now follow me on the math. Now we'll get like really objective, right? So the largest CSM we've ever had, I believe it was 18, 19,000 people. I think it was a lot in Denver. I think we had 18, 19,000 people or something like that. So, all right. So let's say you got your own booth and you paid 
$25,000. 25 grand to be there, which is not a stretch. Like, that is legit. That's and that's not cool. like prime real estate either. It's not right? like a, you know, a web PT with the thing hanging from the <laughs> ceiling and the rotating banner and the freaking kiosks. Cause those guys are, they're going for it, right. but they, everybody there is going for it. Cause they recognize it's important to be in front of an audience. Right. So, but imagine you're at, you're at a conference with 18,000 people and by some stroke of luck, there's a line. 18,000 people long. It'll never happen, but you've got it. And every one of those 18,000 people stops and talks to you or listens to you or, or interacts with your brand somehow for 30 seconds. Like I'm not even good at math, but 18,000 people just lined up. Right. So we're going to do 18,000 sure. times. I'll do 0.5 cause we'll do minutes. That's 9,000, 9,000 30 second interactions, right? Or $1.38 per person. Bingo. So $1.38. So I go, hey, man, you're paying a whole crap load of money to get, I mean, and let's be honest, how many are you getting? And I know, I know of some organizations, I know their count. They're, they're, cause yeah. they're, 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 they're scanning badges, right? And that's their count. And their counts are not 18,000. That's just not, that's just not possible. Right. But I'm saying, let's pretend. And I'm going, hey, man, I'm, and at this point, I'm still a PT. I'm third-year PT, so I'm getting 50,000 downloads a month. And I'm like, hey, man, they're definitely listening. They, I mean, if I put your message somewhere in there and they're listening to every episode, they, I'm at least getting an exposure. Mm -hmm. And as we know from anything, right, exercise, frequency, intensity, time, and type, frequency in radio or broadcasting or branding. That's the thing you want to pay attention to. So I can put your brand in, in I used to say, in someone's ear hole difficult to ignore because you, you can close your eyes, but you can't close your ears. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm putting your brand in someone's ear hole and you never have to put a, a, an employee on a plane or house them or feed them or pay for a 10 by 10 square or pay for electricity or, or Wi-Fi. So, uh, so that's really what I want people to look at is it doesn't matter. It doesn't be a podcast, but this is how, you know, YouTube is a little bit different because YouTube is, is letting you monetize that bottom. They're doing the ad sales for, we'll bring the advertiser right to you. And you're getting like, you know, a third of a penny or whatever, unless you hit mass, unless you hit critical right. mass and then you're crushing it. But then the flip side of that, so you, like, you want to talk about like CPM, like the average CPM I think is like $18 for a 30 second commercial per thousand. That's what CPM mm -hmm. is. So if you get like 3000 downloads an episode, you can say I'll charge. Well, if I, I can charge you 18 times three for that 30 second ad. Right. But in PT, we're niche, man. We're not, we're not selling Toyotas. You're selling a residency or a fellowship or you're a staffing agency or you're an EMR distributor or you're a Con Ed course. I know within 99.9% .9 guaranteed, the people listening to my show are exactly who you want to talk to because they're right. PTs and PT students. Right. So that's where you become more valuable than a CPM. Mm -hmm. You can say, I can demand a higher cost because you're going to get a better ROI because you don't want to advertise to average Joe because you want to advertise to PTs right this way. And that's the, like the one lesson I want people to learn about podcasting is I was a broadcaster for 15 years and it took mm -hmm. me some time to realize this is not broadcasting. This is narrow casting. And I remember hearing, seeing that word for the first time. I'm like, no, 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 it's broad. Look how broad we can be. But you can do a show about grandparenting or guitars or garden gnomes and it's a very niche market right. about all those things like video gaming. You know, you want to do esports, and you're going to sell a peripheral for your video game. I know that every person involved in this knows what I'm talking about and me, this is my target market. So you're, it's content marketing to the nth degree. Right. 
you're designing your audience by designing your content differently. Oh, dude, those great insights. Thank you. What, um, pay, like paid advertisements aren't the only ways that you're running this as a business. Are there other revenue streams that you guys have through PT and Pinecast? Are you doing like advertising marketing for people outside of your podcast? Or We're ju- it- yeah, I do that a little bit on the side and I've been kicked in the ass by people saying, mm-hmm. dude, make this legit. Cause a lot of time it was just like, Hey, I got a friend who might need some help. And they're like, yeah. dude, build a website for this. Um, I think, I think a year ago it was a bandwidth issue. And yeah. now it's like, I've got enough bandwidth. Um, I got some amazing interns that work with me now. I kind of resisted that because I'm not good at delegating at all. Um, and now I've taken a, like a, a, a dose of my own medicine. Like, well, then get better at the thing you're crappy at. And uh, so, yeah, so I do do that. I haven't advertised it. Yeah. I haven't had to. It's in, and at that level, it's been more fun, but yeah, brands will come in and they'll go or PT clinics or a PT who wants to start a podcast will find me or reach out. And I kind of like it better that way. It's a little more right, organic. Right. I don't need to sell them as much. Yeah. They're just yeah. like, Hey man, I want like, how do I do what you do? And I'm like, well, quit being a PT, go back, be a radio DJ for 15 years and then go back now. But I'm like, you don't need to be me. Right, I need right. you to be you. The world needs you to be you because they already got in me. So right. the, the fun part is it's, it's really, it's a, it's a fun, unique experience whenever I get to kind of help people launch stuff. Um, you know, for example, like even pro bono work, like uh, the Ohio State University has a TheraBall. It's a, f- a foundation for physical therapy uh, research fundraiser every year. Well, it's COVID, dude. They can't do it. Now they're going to lose all this money. Like that sucks. So somebody was like, call Jimmy. He'll have a, he'll have a weird idea. Or somebody at Fox coined this phrase. They're like, call Jimmy into this meeting. And they're like, why? And, and my friend Anthony goes, he'll just do Jimmy things. And I took that at first. I was like, I don't know what that means. And but for him, it was a compliment. It was like, I don't know. He's going to come in here and look at it differently. Like a lot of you can. Again, I'm not trying to make this like, well, Jimmy sees things no one else can. Uh-uh. I just look at things from a weird angle. That's my angle. I can only look from that angle. Mm-hmm. You have that angle too, whatever it may be. Um, so Ohio State is now you know, working with me. We're going to develop a, a digital, a virtual event. But I'm like, it can't be a Zoom thing, right? I'm like, we need to make this a show. And they're like, we don't know how to make a show. And I just like, I know how to make a show. <laughs> that's what I bring. But someone else would bring a different twist. Right. And mine isn't better than theirs. It's just different, 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 different. So I do things like that. We had a second podcast too. I kind of created something um, that I wish, you know, I wish this was around when I was a student. Mm-hmm. Um, I created NPTE study cast, which essentially is like the opposite of Pinecast. So Pinecast might be 20 minutes, might be 50 minutes. Yeah. These are like five, seven, nine minutes. Like, dude, explain Parkinson's disease to me. All I need to know is what I need to know to pass the NPTE to get one question right and then move on. So it's just the basics. So I find like board certified clinical specialists in all these different areas. And I'm like, here's six questions. Like, describe it, signs and symptoms, how do you test it, differential diagnosis, how do you treat it, zip it, move on. Nice. So it's just a different way to, to, to do uh, information, uh, knowledge translation. So I, I dig it, right? So people are like, yeah. why do you do so many? I'm like, I like it a lot. Like I get energy from it. Yeah, dude, that's so awesome. Yeah, I know. I get it. I think one of the most important things that you just shared um, for people is when you encounter a problem, sometimes you can't see the solution. Someone else can. And yep. it's not just that someone else who thinks linearly like you do. It's like someone else who's got a different viewpoint, a different angle and can figure out like, what's the creative way to make this happen? You want to see a parallel between communications and physical therapy? Yeah. We'll be at a barbecue, right? We, physical therapists. You're not a business owner. You're not a content creator. You're just a physical therapist, right? Take, try to take those, you can't, but try to take those, those minds out. And you're standing in the backyard and you, you, some guy that lives down the street is in your backyard, backyard barbecue. And he says, I got back pain. And you're like... Dun, 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 dun. I 
I'm a movement specialist. I'm an expert. I got this. I know back pain inside and out. I can help you. So you approach and you say, hey, let me know if I can be of any assistance, you know, whatever you're, whatever, however you approach them. And their response a lot of times is either, sure, I'll give you a call. And maybe they don't. Or in their head, they're thinking, I don't know, I could just, can I just Google this and read a couple of blogs or watch a couple of videos or like whatever? I'll just buy, can I just get a roller or the tingly thing? Shaq is selling a tingly thing that I think it works. And we, as a professional, rage. You're like, dude, I went to school for this. I'm an expert at this. Right. You, you might get better, but I can help you get better faster. Or, hey, I can help you do other things and achieve your goals, right? That's our common gripe. And I agree with all that. Now flip it. Imagine you're a content creator and you're having a barbecue and a physical therapist comes in and instead of back pain, because that's their jam, they're saying, man, I've got this, got this website you know, I did a Squarespace and it's pretty basic and it looks, it looks great because I just followed their template or I, I launched a podcast myself. I just Googled it, man. And you're saying as a physical therapist, but I saved myself a ton of money. And it's like, I know you created it, but if you're wondering why it doesn't have legs, it, it might be something really easy that a content creator, a graphic designer, a podcast host, something could have done. That's their jam. Mm-hmm. So it's when you don't use, like there are a profession of people that work on back pain. There's a profession of people who work on communication stuff. And we tell people all the time, I can't believe you wouldn't, you pay a hundred bucks for a massage therapist, but you only want to pay 48 for a physical therapist. And that's too much. We do the same thing with graphic designers, man. How much? That's going to take you five minutes, man. Can you just do that for five bucks? Do that graphic design? Man, I learned this for 25 years. PTs say the same thing, but we resist like everybody else. Yeah. No, man, that's, that's so true. Um, But podcasting isn't really as difficult as you make it sound or it doesn't even have to be as polished as what you it's created, not. right? No. I mean, there's some great ones that are like, you know, grimy. Like mine sounds like a radio show because that's what I know, you know, that's, and that's also what I dig and, and, and get hyped about. It doesn't. Um, I mean, is there if, like a simple, like three simple things that if someone's like, I want to do a podcast and I know I like talking a lot, right? you know, and I want to do something like, what are like the free, three things that people need to have or do to get started? Like technic, technical stuff or like thought process stuff or like, cause I can do either. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe two of each. Yeah. I mean, so you could buy a, you, know, you could buy a $50 snowball mic, you know, on Amazon. I mean, or, or you could just, I mean, just use the mic built into your Mac or, I mean, there's voice recorder apps. Now it's going to sound like that, but that's okay. That's where you want to start. Test it out. Um, you know, you've got GarageBand on most if you wanted to edit a little bit or don't. I mean, you could do it on Anchor um, FM which is a free site. You could do it on um, SoundCloud, which does hosting. Um, you could do, you start it, you know, you could do YouTube or just do a video recording and, and flip that over to, uh, to audio. Um, but in terms of thought process, I, I, I say like, what things are you solving? Right. Like, how are you going to describe what your show is? Hey, listen to my show. That's about me. Like, hey, it's a podcast that saves physical therapists. That's me from missing out on amazing insight. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Remarkable ideas. Ooh, I'd love to have some of those. And motivational stories in physical therapy. Oh, okay. That whole log line tells you about you. And if, it, right. if that doesn't speak to you, then you, sh- I, you should not listen. This is not for you. But if those three things speak to you. So I would say like, what are you going to talk about? How, the, the grunt test is a great test. And we do it even if you've never heard the grunt test. You ready for the grunt test? It's three things. Number one, what do you do? Number two, how's it going to make my life better? Number three, what do I need to do to get it? And you got to answer those questions for the audience, right? So a podcast, that's how I get it. That mm-hmm. saves physical therapists from missing out on. Mm-hmm. That's how it's going to make your life better. 
uh, insight, remarkable ideas, motivational stories. Oh, if I don't listen, I'm going to miss that. Yes. In the world of physical therapy. So what do you do? How does it make my life better? What do I need to do to get it? You answer that every time. So when I see podcasters, especially like, you know, in PT, when they're sharing, like we sat down to talk to Jimmy McKay and it, and he talked, told us about him. It's like, where, I don't know where I jump in the story. Cause it sounds like Jimmy McKay is trying to talk about Jimmy McKay, but really it should be like Jimmy McKay leads you through like his journey, which will teach you how to use an unconventional background in physical therapy or start your own whatever. So it needs to be about me because I'm the most, I'm the egotistically the most important person in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the same thing that I teach when I'm teach people how to write sales pages and emails. It's, you're not writing about yourself. You're not even writing about your credentials and your OCS and all this stuff. It's who's the person that is your target and you're writing to them. You're speaking to you. Yes. Like them. You, you, you need this. Yes. Not I need this. You need this. And it's not even you all need this. It's you, one person. Yeah. I mean, why do you think those infomercials work so well? Like when, when you hear them, like, I get it. Like it's a little cliche. Like they're like, but wait, there's more. But it's like the way they're speaking is they're presenting a problem. And then they're like, oh my gosh, look what I have here. The solution to that problem that I just asked you if and you it had. it just fell out of my pocket. <laughs> but writing sales copy, super easy until you sit yeah. down and do it. And it doesn't work. And then you're like, well, email marketing doesn't work or, you know, targeted Facebook ads doesn't work or physical therapy doesn't work. It's like, well, wait, hold on a second. Let's dive a little bit deeper. I posted something online and it didn't work. Okay. Well, you, you need to tell me more than that. And it's like saying I did physical therapy. It didn't work to tell me a little more about that. Cause you're just telling me, you're not even telling me what you did, how you did it, who you did it with. Um, so sales copy soup. When you read it, you're like, yeah, this is super easy. I could write that. We'll sit down with a blank piece of paper and then try to create your own or something new. And that stuff gets hard. It's tough. It's tough, but it's something that can be learned just like everything reps, else. Reps, 100%. Yeah, because it's a mindset thing and, and failure and reps. And, oh, I get it. Now I'm, I'm writing from, let me sit here and put myself in their perspective. You want a perspective story that I have? Yeah, of course. Coming out of college, jobs in radio, super competitive, right? And I wanted to work for a rock station in my hometown. So I had like one station to get a job at. And of course, everybody in there, you know, back then, I don't know about now, but everybody back then was like, I'm gonna be a rock DJ. So I'm like, I'm gonna, I sent one resume and got no, no response because I'm, I'm, but now I'm envisioning the guy that I'm sending the resume to. I knew his name, I knew his position. I was picturing, I'd never been in his office, it wasn't that creepy, but I was picturing what his desk looked like, right? A big old desk, a lot of crap, playlists, CDs, a phone, a lot of unopened mail. And I'm like, how do I crack through to this guy? How do I do it? So I figured this out. So I took my resume, dropped it in a box, took my demo CD, put it in a box. I took a $20 burner phone, seemed breaking bad, the burner phones, put 20 bucks on it. I put that in the box, closed the box. I wrapped the box in birthday wrapping paper and slapped a bow on it. And I sent it to the radio station. I knew, I knew I was at least getting opened, right? How do you not open something with wrapping paper on it? So I get a phone call like two days later. Oh, and by the way, the, the burner phone, I programmed one number on the phone in the speed dial, my yeah. number on that phone. Nice. And uh, you know, a day and a half later, I got a phone call and literally it was, uh, it was the program director and he was like, uh, looking for a Jimmy McKay? I'm like, yeah, that's me. And he's like, I got your present? And I was like, <laughs> so good, yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. So I, I thought about it from his perspective. I just, and, and in that industry, I needed to show I could gain attention. Like I can get your, I can get people's attention that you're, an, I'm a, you're a day trader in attention if you're a content creator. And uh, that's how I got my first job in radio. That was, that's how I got the inner, I should say that's how I got the interview 
the right. interview got me the job, but that was my foot in the door and I needed one. Hell yeah, man. That's dude. That's such an awesome story. Like that's where it's, uh, where you, what you're doing is you're not only ex- exceeding someone's expectations, but you're, it's, it's like, that was the old school clickbait, right? That's like, yeah, Hey, check know. me out. Check this out. And you're like, well, I got to figure out what's in that box. And then now that they're in there, like may as well look at the note and Hey, I'm just going to pick up the phone and dial it and see what happens. You know? Man, what, what's the guy like? Yeah. What's the guy or girl like that made this? Like what's, what's wrong with them? Another one was, I said that another one out simultaneously, different radio station, one market over, took my resume, blew it up big, laminated it huge two by two. Maybe I put it in a pizza box. I put a pizza on top of it. And then I delivered it to the radio station and wrote, Hey, uh, we're from the pizza place down the street. Um, free pizza for the on-air staff. Like they can have it. Now yeah. I've worked in radio stations. I knew you put free food in a radio station five minutes later, gone G O N E. So I'm putting myself in there. Like, how do I get word of mouth with the staff to get them to be like, who's this dude? And as they're eating, every slice is a puzzle piece. And they're like, what the hell's in the bottom of this box? A freaking <laughs> resume. I got a phone call uh, a week later for that, but I'd already gotten every yeah. job. Nice dude. That's so awesome. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything um, else you think or ninja tidbit for people that have a podcast or any other anything, pointer yeah. you think that, you know, people who are listening, you know, would, you know, would get that maybe yeah. I didn't even ask you? Yeah, my, my parting shot is always with people is, uh, is a line that's the same kind of forward and backwards almost, which is listen like your audience talks, talk like your audience listens. Mm-hmm. And I put listen first because I think that's most important. So listen like your audience talks. You know, if you're trying to reach, you know, 14 year old kids right now with a product, that's who you're selling to and you're not on TikTok, you're not listening to how they talk to each other. And then you need to be talking like they listen. So just put yourself in the mindset of who you want to actually communicate to. And honestly, like it needs to lead with a give or it needs to listen to it, uh, lead with something like, I'm here to solve your problem but you need to act more like Yoda and less like Luke Skywalker. You need to be like, I'm the guide that will usher you through. I'm not the hero to steal a thunder. It's your thunder. I'm just here to help you through. So I would say, listen, like your audience talks, talk like your audience listens. Hell yeah, man. That's so awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, if someone wants to look you up, find your podcast, uh, where's the best place for them to find you? Yeah. PTPinecast.com. But it's on all the socials at PTPinecast and on iTunes and the whole nine and uh, Foxcast as well. And then PTE Studycast. So put put them where all the, all the, uh, the good and crappy podcasts are heard. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks for joining us and taking Yeah. My pleasure, today. man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you guys are listening, this is Aaron LeBauer and Jimmy K for the Cash BD Lunch Hour podcast. Go home, grab yourself a pint of beer, water, LaCroix, or whatever it is you want and uh, take a listen to our shows. Please, if you got anything out of this show, take a like a screenshot of it, shout it out on uh, Instagram story, tag both of us. I'm, I'll reshare you and I'm sure Jimmy will too. Heck yeah. We'll see you guys on the next show. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K 
www.thinkingmusicmarketingmentor.com and we get your copy. Give me a shout out somewhere on social media and we'll talk to you soon.